to the Showboys Newscast, bringing you all news and no opinion. I'm Mike. And I am Pixel Nick. Thanks for joining us. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. Uh, Starting things off, uh, as always, just because our Google Sheet gets (laughs) alphabetically organized before we write up our article summaries... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> starting off with some DC news um, should be no shock to you if you're a returning listener to the newscast, but uh, we'll start this DC news segment off with a confirmation of Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman in the upcoming flash movie. So last newscast, I, I remember this distinctly because literally the next day after our newscast was recorded, I was scrolling through Facebook and, you know, we had reported that it was kind of up in the air, whether or not Michael Keaton was returning. And like literally the next day I found this article and I was like, of course I would find this the day after we recorded, but uh, per Keaton's talent agency, ICM partners, Keaton has been confirmed to be playing his version of Batman and Ezra Miller's the flash movie. Um, Like I said, found this article the day after our last newscast uh, which we reported that Keaton's return was up in the air. And uh, just a side note here, The Flash began shooting in the UK a couple weeks ago and is set to release November 4th of 2022. Um, so that's exciting. Love Michael Keaton. Uh, so I'm excited that he has been confirmed. Uh, we have some additional DC casting news. Uh, Some other notable characters that were cast recently being uh, Jonathan Crane in season three of Titans. He will be played by Mad Men's Vincent Carthizer. I hope I said that right. Um, So season three of Titans uh, will release on HBO Max and is going to be set in Gotham. And we'll also be introducing Barbara Gordon, who will be played by Savannah Welch. Tim Drake, who will be played by... Jay Lacurgo and Red Hood, who will be played by Curran Walters. Uh, the last little piece of DC casting news for you guys here is for the upcoming Green Lantern series on HBO Max. Uh, and they have landed their lead, uh, who will be Guy Gardner, um, the Green Lantern Guy Gardner, and he will be played by Finn Wittrock. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This series will also be landing on HBO Max and is headed by Greg Berlanti, who you might know from the Arrowverse on the CW, uh, Mark Guggenheim, and Seth Graham Smith. Um, Now, it should be noted that Berlanti and Guggenheim were credited as writers for the train wreck of a Green Lantern movie back in 2011 with Ryan Reynolds. Um, but I think, you know, that movie is more of a train wreck visually than maybe story-wise. But um, Berlanti has built a, a, a decent little DC mini-verse on the CW, so excited to see what he does with the HBO Max Green Lantern series. And that might be the shortest DC news segment we've had on the newscast, Nick. I would say so. Um, at least, yeah, this year for all the DC activity, I mean doesn't hurt gotta keep yeah. it short sometimes and also i wonder yeah. is, is guggenheim like a, one of the nine realms in 
uh, MCU. <laughs> that's what I, I think of. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like it could be. It's like just watch like both the Thors, and that's all I hear when a Heim shows up <laughs> or Valheim. No, I'm just kidding. Oh um, no, they're everywhere. <laughs> yes, but hey, that was a perfect segue. I don't know if you meant to do that on purpose, but uh, we have. This is like hot off the press here. Like I literally added this you know, hot just off the press. Few, few minutes before we went live here. Uh, but the MCU phase four schedule has been released. And I found this on everyone's, you know, number one movie show, film, pop culture, news site, CNET, which is exactly where you would expect to find this piece of information. Um, but yeah. Here we go. I'm going to run okay. down the, the movies and the shows and their uh, scheduled release dates. This is really exciting, actually. So Black Widow, July 9th, 2021. Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Rip my Falcon and Winter Soldier Companion Series theory. That will be coming out September 3rd, 2021. The Eternals, November 5th, 2021. Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th, 2021. So that's four movies this year. 21. Yeah, that's crazy. Four movies. And the first one coming in just a couple months. But then in 2022, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on March 25th. Thor, Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, July 8th, 2022. The Marvels, which is the new title for Captain Marvel 2, uh, November 11th, 2022. And then we have two... Movies slated to release in 2023 being Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania on February 20, or February 17th, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th. And then they also had the Fantastic Four movie on here, but no release date. This one's you know to be announced at a later date. Um, as for upcoming Disney Plus series, which have been a smashing success with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier so far, we have Loki coming June 11th, 2021, the animated What If shorts uh, coming summer of 2021, then we have Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, those are all slated for 2021 and 2022 releases. And then we have Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, and an untitled Wakanda series, which is new to me. Uh, none of those actually have release dates, but it is exciting that we get an, an untitled Wakanda series. I did not know anything about this, um, but that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, a treasure trove of, uh, of a lineup there. Um just to add a little bit of a little bit of color to some of those. Um, Game of Thrones Amelia Clark was cast in MCU Secret Invasion recently. The Hawkeye series has wrapped filming, and Ironheart, the Iron Man spinoff, is said to be six episodes. And then very deep rumor, and completely not on this list, is the alleged captain america 4 movie which essentially someone um 
went after Anthony Mackie at the grocery store and was like, have you seen this by showing him their <laughs> phone? And he was like, no, I have not. That's that would be awesome. So he, you know, he did, he, he just pretended he didn't know, or he just simply doesn't know because it isn't real. But that was like a little, little plug in there that I didn't even have any idea was a possibility, but it makes sense. Yeah. Hey, it seems to be a Disney thing. Um, not to, you know, poke a bear here, but uh, I, you know, rumor on the street is Gina Carano found out that she actually was fired, you know, via Twitter. And right. so I don't know what it is with Disney and not wanting to tell their uh, actors and actresses, you know, important pieces of news like that, like either being fired or, Hey, you're going to be starring in a, in a movie. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, he also kind of elaborated on that. He's like, yeah, usually they just, uh, they just call you up. They call you, tell you to come to Hollywood. We got, we got something going on and they just drop it on you. So yeah, it's the element of surprise. They try to keep, I guess. Um, yeah, all that, all that's exciting though. I, I mean, even those little tidbits you threw in there. Um, yeah, uh, we do have some captain America news for coming, you know, here in, a, in just a few short articles, but mm-hmm. before, Spicy rumor here. Uh, we have an update on the status of the Netflix Marvel characters appearing in the MCU. So, again, if you've listened to the newscast at all, we've uh, talked about the the Netflix Marvel characters, mainly uh, the Punisher and Daredevil, uh, the rumors surrounding those characters as potentially uh, becoming a part of the MCU now that uh, Disney has those rights back uh, and they're no longer owned by Netflix. Um, so for this article and f- any future newscasts, I will refer to the, the Netflix Marvel characters as Netflix Marvel uh, and the MC, the Disney stuff MCU. Um, but yes, everyone's favorite Netflix Marvel characters have been long rumored to both be appearing in the upcoming MCU titles and also being thought to be completely dusted after the cancellation of the Netflix Marvel properties. Uh, Well, I'm here to tell you that we have more rumors of which characters might be reprised in the MCU. Uh, However, they will be rebooted from their um, Netflix Marvel origins. So, we have Daredevil, uh, a.k.a. Matt Murdock, who uh, is played by Charlie Cox. We have the Punisher, a.k.a. Frank Castle, who is played by John Bernthal. Jessica Jones, who's played by Kristen Ritter. And Kingpin, a.k.a. Wilson Fisk, who's played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, they all seem to be headed to the MCU. Now, um, you know... They look like they're going to be played by their Netflix Marvel actors, but will be completely rebooted into the MCU, making the Netflix shows non-canon. The Daredevil slash Matt Murdock character is thought to be the first Netflix Marvel character to work his way into the MCU, uh, potentially showing up in the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Um, And... The Punisher, Jessica Jones, and Kingpin being rumored to show up in upcoming Disney Plus series. Uh, the two that are kind of being thrown around are She-Hulk and the recently announced Hawkeye spinoff, Echo. Uh, similarly, John Bernthal has been confirmed to be returning as Frank Castle slash The Punisher by Giant Freaking Robot 
though the specific plans of his return have not been revealed yet. So, you know, that's exciting because I love John Bernthal as the Punisher. And uh, I really feel like these Netflix Marvel characters, uh, a lot of those Netflix shows were very strong and really, really good. And I'm glad that, um, you know, the actors might be reprising these roles, even though the, you know, the characters are going to be rebooted. Uh, I'm glad that, that they're at least sticking with these same actors. Yeah, there, there was a lot of public dissatisfaction with the cancellation of the Punisher series. Um, yes. Especially like even celebrities like Eminem was very upset and I feel like he could just pay for it himself to get done if he <laughs> wanted to. So, right. So, uh, yeah, this episode's taken a, a shocking turn because usually we are loaded with DC rumors. Today, we are loaded with Marvel rumors. So, is the season. Yes, the next MCU rumor is uh, a Thunderbolts versus Dark Avengers project uh, is reportedly being discussed. So, hot off the heels of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which is now what I'm going to call it instead of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, it looks like there are discussions about a Thunderbolts versus Dark Avengers project. Uh, as Jordan so correctly predicted before our Falcon Winter Soldier companion series started, the show did a fantastic job of setting up many new characters, some being very pivotal on teams such as the Thunderbolts and the Young Avengers, while also leaving Easter eggs of potential Dark Avengers characters. And I am looking at you, Norman Osborn. Um, the Thunderbolt seems like a foregone conclusion with the reintroduction of Baron Zemo along with uh, John Walker becoming the U.S. agent and Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine uh, being introduced and uh, being played by such a you know, well-known actress. Uh, it would make sense for that character to continue on in the MCU in a big way. Um, so... That's exciting, um, which also is just proof you need to watch our companion series because w sometimes we get people on our shows that know what they're talking about. Um, and Jordan was a treasure trove of Marvel information and speculation, and it was it was shocking how <laughs> well he predicted the events of that show. <laughs> Um, but yes, moving on, uh, another rumor and this one, here you go, Nick, we're, we're bringing along the captain of America Four rumor. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, uh, a captain America four is, uh, is in development starring Anthony Mackie as you know, Sam Wilson, our new captain America. Uh, and it's being written also by the, the writer of Falcon and winter soldier. Uh, but it's now being reported that his partner in crime will be uh, or his partner in crime fighting, I should say, because they are no criminals. Um, we'll be joining him. So Sebastian Stan is reportedly co-leading Captain America alongside Anthony Mackie. And this is great because I love seeing Stan and Mackie together on screen. For some reason, I've been watching a lot of like press tours with <laughs> Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. And they're like hysterical together. It looks like they have like a really good, obviously they have a really good chemistry on screen, but it looks like they are like really good friends off screen too. Um, 
So the more we can get those two together, uh, the better, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting to me. Maybe someday Sebastian Stan will get his own series or movie as, you know, the White Wolf or, you know, if they want to keep calling him the Winter Soldier, they can. I think he's evolved from that and is ready to, you know, go by a new name now. Um, but, yeah, he's a, an amazing um, sidekick, for lack of a better term. He crushes as Cap's right hand, regardless of who Cap is. Um Side note here, Anthony Mackie was amazing in Falcon and Winter Soldier and plays an amazing Captain America with his own morals and outlook on the world. Um, I loved what he did, his take on Captain America, and yeah, I can't wait to see him continue that in future MCU properties. So, I will say that their transition between the Captain Americas is one to look to as far as like how you handle an evolution and you know stage of a superhero being reprised essentially um it 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 was done very well um, overall yeah the 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 series as a whole had a few hiccups um but we're, we're not here to talk about that but like you said the important things they nailed and that's really all that matters. Um, so rounding out uh, my little segment here before Nick takes over, we have some Sony news. Um, I believe it was last episode we reported on Sony and Netflix, 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 uh, inking a deal to send um, Sony properties to Netflix, uh, you know, during their first pay window. Uh, for streaming purposes, Sony has wasted no time inking yet another streaming deal with a different streaming service for their properties post theatrical release. So weeks after announcing this Netflix deal, like I just talked about in the first pay window, all Sony titles will land on Disney plus in their second pay window. So I keep throwing around these pay windows. First pay window is eight, you know, up to 18, 18 months after theater. Second pay window is you know, 19 months and beyond. So movies will come out in theaters after their theatrical run will land on Netflix for 18 months. And then after that 18 months, we'll move to Disney plus. Uh, so this deal will run from 2022 all the way through 2026, covering all theatrical releases, meaning all the Marvel films will be located in one place, even though, you know, different properties have different licensing, uh, all the Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man stuff will be on Disney Plus with all the other Marvel stuff. But this also includes all of Sony's properties. So like Uncharted, Bullet Train, Hotel Transylvania, and Jumanji, for example, you know, with, uh, you know, all their other properties. Very exciting. That's, that's, they're, they're busy, busy, busy over there at Sony. They sure are. What else is Sony doing? Well, Sony is still still busy, and they have announced another partnership. So Sony and Discord 
have officially announced a partnership to bring the service to PlayStation Network. So through a minority investment in Discord, Sony Interactive is planning to bring the service to the PlayStation platform as early as next year. This comes on the heels of Microsoft looking to buy Discord outright for upwards of $10 billion, which ultimately fell through. Jim Ryan, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, had this to say, announcing the partnership. At PlayStation, we're constantly looking for new ways to enable players around the world to connect with one another, form new friendships and communities, and share fun experiences and lasting memories. Further, adding that the communication service used by more than 140 million people monthly and popularized by gamers will bring a wide array of enhancement to the PlayStation Network. Without saying, this certainly opens up a slew of possibilities that will take the PlayStation Network to a whole new level and continue to position itself as a tried and true console platform by gamers for gamers. That's I interesting. Mean, yeah, I mean, Discord's a, a hugely built out and refined platform and service in itself. And just it has, you know, we run our entire Showboys community through Discord. Mm-hmm. So imagine having all those tools available to you through your controller on the PlayStation Network. Yeah. I'm just excited it's not Microsoft. Right. Yeah. We're both both PlayStation guys, you know, at at heart. So, yeah. And once again, I mean, Sony, they are they are quick with the pen and inking Mm -hmm. these deals. I mean, that was just at the beginning of April that Microsoft was that rumor was rolling about fell through same month and then <laughs> essentially the same month sony yeah. snagged snagged up their portion <laughs> of it yeah they're there to scoop that bad boy up yeah they are <laughs> they are crafty but yeah sony's doing great very optimistic on them the platform everything there they do a good job over there they're very business minded but they keep things they keep things grounded in what they care about for sure but moving you on to are the next ready? segment, the next segment, here we are. It comes nearly every episode. I can't remember an episode it did not happen on, <laughs> but it is time for the Star Boys. Welcome to Star Boys. We need like a little like sound clip of a Star Boys, you know, intro. Well, now with our upgraded StreamYard, we can add in things like that <laughs> there you go we just need some air horns rah, 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 rah. welcome to star boys <laughs> i have some ideas we'll we'll do it next next episode all um, right so nothing crazy here <laughs> with some mando season three rumors but wookies question mark there could be Wook- there could be wookies in season three completely unfounded rumor mill whatever not worth getting into but hey let's just be excited that we might have wookies and yet more star wars because wookies are great we all love wookies ryan johnson wants to direct an episode of season three of the mandalorian not here for that i'm not against it um to me that's pretty like neutral i mean he's not going to redeem his name through one 30 minute episode of the mandalorian for anyone but he's also i mean it would take a lot for him for everyone to be like whoa 
best episode ever go Ryan. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like <laughs> a, a mute point yeah. if he does. So if he does, I think that's great because I love the the multi-director concept that they do with the Mandalorian. I think well, it works really well. At least with the Mandalorian, they have, you know, John and Dave there to kind of like keep them in online, you know, like within yeah. the boundaries. Yeah. And as a, as a plug for our, the bad batch companion series that just started this Sunday, last Sunday, and we'll be running for three months here as we follow the bad batch. <laughs> I was saying how he didn't really have much business writing the script for the, for the movie he did. Mm-hmm. He should have directed. He should not have wrote the script. That's go. like the blunder. So like you just said there, yeah. he can direct, but he doesn't need to be writing too much of yep. the story and all will be well. With the rumors, we are obviously entitled to our opinions, so there is a little bit of opinion with the news. Um, oh, true. We are breaking our own rule. I know. Yeah, but it, it's it's all news. <laughs> it's all news. And some, opinion. some opinion. Some opinion. You just got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, another Star Wars rumor that's continuously being forced Forced traction, but I'm okay with it. Uh, Solo Darth Revan project reportedly in the works at Lucasfilm. Cited purely as a source within Lucasfilm with no other backing. There's not a lot to go on here outside of speculation and evidence. As far as evidence, it is known that the Clone Wars had a deleted and unfinished scene from the father, son and daughter arc where Darth Revan was directly speaking and shown as a force apparition of sorts. This was ultimately not included as it contradicted established Star Wars law about Sith and the ability to force ghosts or similar from the grave, if you will. Then in the Mandalorian, the temple on Tython is a wide angle inclusion to prior Darth Revan lore where his order attacked the planet. Additionally, in Rise of Skywalker, it is believed that on Exegol, one of the Sith statues was that of Darth Revan as well. This, on top of fan desire, helps build any indication that Disney will bring this fan favorite back into canon. Um, I'm definitely on that wagon as well. So there's been little Easter eggs dropped throughout multiple projects. Obviously, the rumors all the time. Obviously, the fans wanting it. So we will see. He's a very cool character. If you can't yeah. tell. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but uh, you get excited about it. So yeah, that's that's fine with me. Yeah, someday, someday you will understand. <laughs> um, as for a little bit of news here, kind of ironing out some rumors throughout the month of April, the Knights of the Old Republic has been confirmed again by an insider source that a remake is on the way. Um, a group known for their straight ports of older games, Asphere, is involved to assist in making the game a full remake instead of a port, as Episode 1 Racer got last year on the Xbox and Republic Commando recently got on the PS4. Due to the age of the game and the construction of it, I can see why a port would not work nor do it justice. And the extra work to remake it is entirely needed. Um, I've attempted to port this in the past 
you can kind of get it working, but you're you're in a box that doesn't take up your whole screen. The resolution's all off, and it's just the controls just don't translate well for whatever reason. So a port would be faster, but a remake is needed, a proper remake. So we I shall see. see where this where this lands. It's a great game and one I would suggest anyone play. Very good, very good. Uh, we got some Netflix news for you guys now. So starting off, uh, there is this amazing anthology series called Love, Death, and Robots. And Volume 2 has been announced. Um, so that's right. If you're a fan of Love, Death, and Robots, it's time to get excited. The hidden gem of a series just had the release date for Volume 2 announced in a new trailer, and it's coming quick. Volume 2 will be hitting Netflix on May 14th, and Volume 3 was even teased at the end of the trailer with a release date of just 2022. Uh, so if you've never seen this show, please do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, it's uh, an animated anthology series of shorts, uh, so it won't take you long to catch up on it. Uh, it's on Netflix, and it's received pretty great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. 71% from critics, but 91% from the audience, and on IMDb, an 8.5. Uh, I loved the show when I watched it. Uh, it was one of those shows that I just randomly stumbled on, like browsing through Netflix, and I knew nothing about it, and decided to turn it on. I was like, what is this? This is crazy. I love it. Um, so if you're looking for something kind of weird and out of the box and you like anthologies and you like shorts and you like really good animation, I would check out love death and robots. Uh, you have 11 days to watch volume one before volume two comes out. Uh, so yeah, mark your calendars. Um, we have a very spicy rumor, uh, that excites the crap out of me. Um, that, Mindhunter could be returning to Netflix. So small screen is reporting that Netflix and David Fincher are back in talks for season three of the hit show Mindhunter. Uh, since Mindhunter has been put on indefinite hold by Netflix and the three leads being Jonathan Goth, uh, Goff, Holt McElhaney and Anna Torv, uh, they've been released from their contracts. Um, since you know those two pieces of news dropped sometime last year, David Fincher has signed a four-year development deal with Netflix. Uh, Fincher recently released a period piece on Netflix called Mank, and it's got some pretty great uh, reviews from critics. It's been nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Uh, and right now, the only project he is currently tied to is called The Killer, which will also be releasing on Netflix. So, hello. Let's get back to Mindhunter. That show is amazing. I need season three, like, now. Um, <clears throat> I got my fingers crossed because the, this was one of my favorite uh, Netflix original shows and a top candidate, in my opinion, for maybe the best Netflix original series out there. Did you ever watch Mindhunter? Yeah, I, I started it. And this this brings back memories of the early days of Showboys when um, mm -hmm. we actually did an episode close to this and we discussed it at length. And just reminds me that we need to get back to some of those topics. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it was on our top three on the big three. Yeah, episode. Um, and it, it might have even made an appearance on our period piece because it's you know set in the the seventies and is very I think, very cool. I think we at <laughs> we at least brought it up, or we just pointed out it being a period piece in itself because we always point that out whenever it happens because we yeah. love period pieces. I think sleeper, my favorite thing from this article is that David Fincher recently released a period piece called Right. Me. Like I need to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, lastly here, um, at least for me, uh, Netflix, they're flexing their spending muscles, bro. In 2021, they are swole to say every year, every year. So the streaming giant is quoted in their first quarter financial report to shareholders as saying, quote, we'll spend over 17 billion in cash on content this year. Uh, this being due to production ramping up safely in all major markets with the exception of Brazil and India. Uh, I, side note, feel really bad for India right now because they're getting decimated by COVID right now. Uh, so that sucks. Hope that, you know, is able to be uh, contained and those people, you know, get taken care of because you hate to see it. Um but this seems to fall in line with their spending trends the last couple of years. Per deadline, Netflix spent roughly $15 billion in 2019 and $17 billion in 2020. And that's a lot of cash, bro. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. It goes quick, though, it seems, with uh, how they spend it. Yeah, they, they've really been ramping up, like, they're, they're very much uh, a believer in the you got to spend money to make money philosophy. Yeah, and and, there, and there's an important thing to remember about them. And when they say things like this, like the key word there is that it's cash. Um, they, are, they are a very cash-rich company. And $17 billion in cash is a lot different than $17 billion in debt being spent. So yeah. um, they're definitely definitely spending the money and then making the money in the proper order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, a little bit of Netflix here that I have. So Netflix is near to closing a deal on a kiss biopic. Um, I thought this was important because we touched on biopics, biopics the other week. Yes. Especially around music. So with a working title of shout it out loud and Joachim running, if I pronounce that correctly, is set to direct, and he is known for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Mm. Uh, it is stated that the concert arena anthems will be a big part of the movie. You know, think I'm thinking... Um, Maybe shout it out loud. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, but in line with, you know, other trends there with the music biopics, you know, uh, that's a pretty yeah. common thing. It, it really makes those movies something different. Oh, yeah. But what's interesting is that they said it will also focus on the duo's childhood in Queens as two misfits hmm. who have a find an unlikely friendship. So, um, you know, I can see a heavy way of going about this where it's like the anthem parts where it's just like the whole arenas and it's just a huge huge concert and then you know flashback or flash forward to that or from that 
with their childhood and queen. So I think yep. that, that, that would be a nice uh, way of going about it and tell a unique tale there. I like it. Uh, it sounds pretty interesting. Um, we got, we got three more articles for you guys. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. Uh, we have news from Amazon prime that invincible has been renewed for seasons two and three. So, Robert Kirkman's animated adaptation of his Invincible comic just just finished season one here on Amazon Prime last week or the week before and was a smashing success. So due to its amazing success and the fact that Robert Kirkman is basically a cash printing machine with his IPs, Amazon has renewed the series for season or for two additional seasons. So the comic that the series is based on ran for 15 years, so it, it was a long one, uh, 144 issues between 2003 and 2018. Uh, so there's a lot of source material to work with here. Uh, I'm excited to wrap up the first season. I'm about halfway through um, and haven't finished, thanks to you, Nick, for getting me sucked into Attack on Titan, <laughs> um, which I'm not I'm not regretting. It's a great show. I'm about... I'm, I think... A little over halfway through season one of Attack on Titan, but that is a different story. Um, and I really want to get back into reading the comic Invincible. Uh, I haven't read much, but what I have read uh, was very fun and very Robert Kirkman take on superheroes, which if you've read anything from Robert Kirkman, uh, you know it's crazy. And crazy take on superheroes is always awesome. See the boys. Um, but yeah, so that made me excited. Uh, and then we have a rumor here that Adam Wingard is in talks to return for another MonsterVerse movie. So Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers are wanting the Godzilla vs. Kong director back to direct a new installment in the MonsterVerse franchise. No details are currently floating about or around about what this movie could include. But due to the box office success of Godzilla vs. Kong, it appears the studios are not ready to let that horse or lizard monkey die. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong brought in a whopping $400 million, uh, making it the highest grossing movie in the COVID era, which is a weird stat to say out loud, especially considering there were not many movies released in theaters during the COVID era, <laughs> but Hey, take well, what you can get. I mean, to, to try and remember, I mean, before a success, a wild success was like a billion. Like yeah. That was, that was the, the big benchmark for Marvel and Star it, Wars movies. It should be noted though. They made $400 million in theaters. Right. When simultaneously <laughs> releasing this movie from day one on HBO max. Yeah. During, during, Technically, COVID. So, yeah. so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I would not, I would not discount that number at all. Yeah. Um, so Godzilla vs Kong was hit with some major backlash, though, as the story. I mean, we both saw it. We saw it together, actually. You saw it twice, I believe, right? Yes, sir. I watched it on streaming first, and then went to watch it in the movie theater. Because you're a, me, a good showboy. That's what you are. Tell me that. Me- tell me that method is not. Tell me that's broken. It sounded like it worked just fine. I watched it twice. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we both agree. The story was all over the place. The movie was choppy at times. But that's not what you're going to see, right? 
you're just going to see a big monkey and a big lizard fight each other. And those parts were awesome. Um, so, you know, uh, a lot of the choppiness kind of due to some unfavorable editing and cuts that were made regardless. Uh, I'm all in for more movies with giant kaiju fighting each other. So, you know, bad story or not, I'll be there. Um, though I am a little curious about where they could go in the monster verse. Cause you know, they didn't really have many loose ends. Right. And I mean, to kind of say where they went right there <clears throat> with what they did was I watched it on streaming for the story. There was no story. So then I went and watched in the theaters because what did I, what did I know? I knew there was a giant fight between two <laughs> giant monsters. Yes, so you definitely need to see that on the <laughs> 50 foot screen. Yes. Yes, um, for yes. sure. But speaking um, of shameless plug, we will be having a Godzilla vs. Kong episode in the very near future where we will talk about all things MonsterVerse and Kaiju related, which I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. There's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, last bit here as we work through our miscellaneous section. Uh, John Wick spinoff series gains additional detail surrounding its premise. Titled The Continental, the series will focus on the chain of hotels that cater to the assassins in the world of John Wick <laughs> and, expand, awesome. <laughs> and expand on the history of the League of Assassins right there. That's great. Like, yeah, that's you don't even need to say anything else. I'm, right. I'm all in. <laughs> oh, but there's but there's more. There's more detail. now. OK. Furthermore. We now know that it will be set in New York during the 1970s. So it's giving a period us, piece too, giving us a period piece of sorts <laughs> on our hands. Should the world of John Wick resemble real life as we know it? I think it does. So, period piece, assassins, John Wick hotel chain, whatever. Like, I'm down. Bring it. Um, the show will also focus on a young Winston uh, from the movies. Lionsgate stated they they took a lot of pitches for the show, but ultimately the creative team behind YouTube's Wayne series is what really blew them away and solved a bunch of problems for the story and setting. Okay, so full disclosure, a lot of times when I'm compiling the list of articles, I just look at the headline. Yep. So I knew nothing about what you just said other than there's a spinoff series coming. And all of this made me so excited because, well, first off, f- uh, additional full disclosure, I haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. Right. But I have seen Wayne, and it's one of my favorite shows of last year. Yeah, I, um, I was reading it and putting this together, and it was just getting better and better and better. <laughs> yeah. and better. <laughs> I love the idea of a, an assassin hotel chain. That's amazing. Yes. We love period pieces. Oh, we yeah. love Keanu Reeves. And yeah, so everything about what you just said makes me so excited. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a proper end to this episode. Yes, yeah, so um, good. Um, one last thing. Have you seen the movie Nobody? It is a recent release. Um, it, it might even be on HBO. I'm not sure. Don't quote I'm me not, on that. I'm but um, it's it's starring Bob Odenkirk, and it's like a a Big Lots version of John Wick. All of our, our oh, North, wow. Northeastern Ohio <laughs> listeners will get that reference. But just imagine Bob Odenkirk as John Wick, and that's what nobody is. Uh, so uh, that would be amazing if they made like a John Wickiverse or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, 
Bob Odenkirk's character was somehow like in the, the John Wick verse. Yeah. <laughs> they like met up at one of these hotels or something. I don't know. Anyways, continue. No, no, no that's no, I could see that. I, I mean, they might have something great on their hands here. It's, it's yeah. shaping up well in our eyes. Uh, but once again, thank you for joining us. We hope you found this both entertaining and informative. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe everywhere you consume our content. Find all the places we publish our content on our link tree at linktr.ee slash showboys podcast. Be sure to join our Discord server and become a member of the Showboys community to hang out with the Showboys staff and other listeners, as well as get some cool perks, such as being able to see all the articles we had to choose from for this episode of the newscast, but weren't able to squeeze in the episode. All article links covered in this episode will also be available on Discord. If you have anything you would like us to cover in more detail, show ideas, or anything that sparks your interest from this, please comment. We're available. Email us at showboyspodcast at gmail.com or, as Mike said, join us in our Showboys Discord for all the community action. Yes. Thank you again so much for tuning in. And until next time, stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs>